This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back into it with our panel topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. Mike Van Solen, Kim Wright, and Dave Sparrow in a house. Well, let me ask you, this is something that's uh, obviously gaining a lot of currency. It's uh, the blowback against the Ford government's cuts to health care. And uh, now it seems that the mayors and regional chairs of Ontario, or Marco for short, have weighed in as well. They want them to halt the plans that they say will, quote, have a significant negative impact on the health, safety, and general well-being of the residents of Ontario. Uh, cutting back is just part of the the overall uh plan of the Ford government because they've got to make up for the deficit that's $15 billion or 12 I guess, if you want to take another estimate. But earlier today, we spoke to uh, the guy who chairs uh, the on, the uh, Toronto Board of Health, and that's uh, Councillor Cressy, and where he's famously said people are going to die, and uh, he thinks that this is one area where you actually need to invest more for every dollar spent into health care. Uh, you know, you save 16 down the road in terms of costs uh, for whatever the need may be. So is this something that Ford ought to capitulate on, or do you think he ought to hang fast, Mike Van Solen, and just say, look, uh, everybody's going to have to do with less because we have to be fiscally responsible? Well, 100%. I mean, that's what he promised uh, in the election, and I think Ontarians are, uh, you know, those who may have doubted him are are learning that this government does have resolve to uh, deal with these issues in meaningful ways. And, you know, while people will focus on the individual cuts, the, the reality is the overall health budget is growing. I mean, I think they're trying to spend the money in different ways and be smarter about it, um, which is a good thing. Uh, we, we recognize that uh, as a province, the, the health care system is challenged. Uh, you know, there's some great announcement about uh, putting more money towards mental health and, and addiction services. I think that's an area where, uh, you know, the government has identified that we could do a little bit more, that more money is needed. And a lot of people have talked about these issues in, in recent times, too. So uh, I think it's more about uh, reprogramming profiling the money, uh, figuring out where money isn't delivering value to the healthcare system anymore. Uh, but, you know, even as they work to bring the budget back to balance, uh, we are still in a world where the overall uh, spending of this government is is still increasing. All right. And so uh, what you're saying is, yeah, they're going to have to be cuts, but reprioritizing the money. Uh, although, again, Councillor Cressy was suggesting that uh, any of these cuts somehow are going to be detrimental to public health and safety. And uh, Dave, how do you see it? Well, I think that some of the public health spending over the many years has been hard fought for by various uh, groups that are that were benefiting from those uh, expenditures. And when you start to roll them back, it does have impact on individuals and it has impact on particular sectors uh, of society. And there's there's no doubt, especially when it comes to public health and and the homeless and and other uh, folks who uh, take advantage of of, uh, of many of the services that are offered uh, through that, that you know some more people may um, die or become sick and and ill as a result of these cuts. At the same time, uh, to what Mike was saying is that when you start to look at the um, uh, huge demographic of seniors that we're uh, um, facing now and we're going to face even more so over the next 15 to 20 years is we need to plan on how we're actually going to direct more monies to caring for people because there's going to be a greater demand on the health care system than there's ever been before. And uh, as someone who's 57 years old, I, I want an active and, and vibrant health care system to be there to take care of me, uh, even in a few months if that's necessary. But um <laughs> All right. Well, look, he cited SARS, for example, Mm -hmm. by way of example, saying if, uh, you know, 
the SARS epidemic then led to uh, all of these unintended consequences where we had to uh, hold winterlicious and uh, whatever, uh, summerlicious, I guess it was, you know, to uh, get people to come back to Toronto. And Toronto suffered as a consequence. We even had that big uh, SARS stock thing up at Downsview. Yep. You might recall the uh, rock and roll show. Uh, that's one example he gave. I mean, I guess this was sort of, uh, you know, an extraordinary uh, set of circumstances at that time, but he's saying that's how you compromise public health if you don't have enough adequate but, money. In but there. it's more than the economic development that Toronto and others had to start to plow into it. SARS, in fact, was picked up because Toronto Public Health was actually monitoring these things and they were seeing that there was a pattern. And it had it not been for Toronto Public Health, it would have gone on quite a bit of time more before the province, their mechanisms had kicked in. So in fact, it was having a strong and robust public health agency, a local public health agency, that was actually part of the saving grace on SARS for not becoming a full-blown epidemic. Uh, But one of the things that is particularly troubling about how this whole discussion around public health funding has happened is that these are uh, cost share between the most of the most of the monies we're talking about are cost shared programs between the province and the municipality and not just city of Toronto but every municipality across Ontario mm-hmm. what the province has done is gone back in and retroactively said yeah you're not getting this money that you were counting on and you passed your budgets on uh, and didn't bother to tell them to until like three or four weeks after the fact right so that's where it gets into a problem had it been for next year's money that would have been a different conversation but to retroactively whack out a ton of money out i mean we're talking in city of toronto it was 62 million out of 154 million dollar budget that's a lot of programs and we're talking about dental care we're talking about seniors care we're talking about monitoring of of uh, of, of health things like tuberculosis making sure these things don't keep coming back so all of these things that's why the municipalities are going hold up wait a minute this is like so many other things this government has done right to including cutting of the city of Toronto. It would be fine if you do it for going forward. But the fact that they continue to do this retroactively, that's where there is a disregard for both government, the municipal governments, and also public public services. And that's where people are rightly getting concerned because it becomes what's next. Well, all right. Uh, you know, I, I think that's only one sort of half of the equation. Uh, yeah. It's not any less important, but they keep drumming on the fact that health will be compromised and people are going to die. And, and, you know, whether it's, you know, the green passes in restaurants, this is something that's monitored, vaccinations are tracked, the uh, school breakfast programs and so on and so forth. But as I pointed out, or even, you know, with the opioid crisis and you've got people that uh, drop into these uh, treatment centers. Yeah, the safe injection. And so, uh, you know, to my mind, if uh, you've only got two and there are some some people falling through the cracks and dying, then, you know, they'll still want 10. They'll want uh, another 15 just to ensure that people don't die. But somebody's always going to fall through the cracks. How much is enough? That's my question. Well, look, to, and to go to Kim's question, the, the foresight, the, the sorry, the municipality should have been able to see this coming. They knew the government that was coming into place. And if they had any foresight at all, and, you know, you had to be blind as a bat to know that but they, they weren't going to be cutting the budget and that the game was going to change. Regardless, the municipality should have been in talking with the province, proposing ideas about how they can sort of bring their but, budget in line. But they had been, Mike. That's the problem. Well, and the, what they the, weren't being told by the by the province was that, oh, right, a month from now it's not is that, going to be a problem. But it was three weeks and four weeks ago. That's the problem. 
it, they can be more nimble than that, and they should have seen this coming. And and province, the municipalities had a, had a duty to understanding what the pro, the way voters had voted in this province to adjust sort of what their program expectations were. And they should have gone to the provinces more proactively and, and to the province and worked with them about what they what the budget should be. And they were doing that. And in eight months of AMO discussions, the Association of Municipality of Ontario having monthly meetings with the ministers' offices. Lumco, Larger Urban Mayor's Caucus, Marco, the municipal and regional councillors, municipalities across Ontario were blindsided. And to say that they were, this government was elected on this, this was not what they were elected on. They were elected That's on right. ending hallway medicine. They, they were, were elected on austerity. They were elected on ending hallway health care. And so there was going to be pain in this. And they municipalities, weren't elected to mi- bring mis- back SARS and Walkerton. Mi- no, well, with Walkerton? great respect. That was, with great respect. Uh, that was a know, public if, health crisis. If, if, there, if there's a crisis that you think uh, is in the offing, given what's done, you better you know speak up and call it out. Well, hang on. That's the problem is we never know what crisis is in the offing. Nobody uh, anticipated that SARS was going right. to come or that Walkerton would be the health crisis that Walkerton it was. Walkerton was two um, dudes who were derelict in their well, duty. Abso- absolutely. Who and were, so we've put who measures... Who were supposed to have been looked after through government agencies, but it got outsourced and privatized. And well. we've got tens of thousands of restaurants in the city of Toronto, and if we back off on health inspections, then two dudes who don't wash their hands in a particular facility could cause a great deal of havoc. Well, and so do you think more spending is going to really deter that from happening? Well, There's always going to be, uh, you know, the anomalies that are going to, you know, well, there will always be anomalies, but if you start to look at the number of dead in terms of Walker and, and, and ill and permanently uh, challenged in life, or if you look at the number of people who died in SARS and even you know high-profile and frontline nurses and, and medical professionals. So doubling the um, amount of money uh, conceivably? Well, even, even, for instance, rolling back the safe injection sites. Very few people ever say, so where do people go if they don't go to a safe injection site? Oh, they go to the playground where your kids play. So it's up to you whether you want the needles to be sticking your kids in the playground or you want those people to go to a safe injection site and therefore regardless of the individuals actually injecting getting them to do it in a safe place where they're not leaving their paraphernalia around these things actually make sense in terms of public health and the way the city operates and if you're going to have this conversation about public health and health care writ large which we should be having that is a, a whole conversation about who does what and who should be doing what and how that should be paid for but it shouldn't be slashed and burned retroactively uh, i you know should, that's your argument you, but you should be coming okay, forward. But you'd be okay then dumping it 50% by the municipality, 50% Ontario, if uh, going forward, a, if it were num- next year. A number, of these pro- a number of these programs already are, but that's the conversation that should happen. What... What in, should in be your, paid in for? Your adjustments do happen all the time. It, it is the nature. It's, it's the nature of, of governing. And I get all these programs are well-meaning. And we should. It, it would be great to do them all. So there's difficult choices to be made. And look, there there could you know people fall through the cracks of our current system. And I, I and and sadly people will fall through the cracks probably of, of the system we have tomorrow and and going forward. But we were spending more money than we had as a province, and that is a fundamental problem. So good programs that people really care about will fall by the wayside. Uh, what governments need to do is not be political about it, and as much as possible they should sit down like rational uh, rational people l- l- thinking about Ontarians and thinking about where these program dollars can best go, the program dollars that are available. All right, let me just uh, take a time out. We'll come back. There are more topics worthy of discussion with our panel, Mike Van Sol and Kim Wright and Dave Sparrow on The Oakley Show. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 